Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In a never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you conversations, discussions that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today is going to be very, very different because today we're talking about I'm dreaming of a stress-free marriage. Our new theme song of the day. It is our new theme song. And I don't know why. And I don't know why. uh, Was it Bing Crosby? Did I say that last week? I think so. I don't know why Bing Crosby didn't sing that way. Maybe it's because he wasn't married. I don't know. Because he was dreaming of a white Christmas. He was dreaming of the white Christmas. And in Florida, that's not really something we dream about. Um, I think a lot of people probably do dream about it, actually. Because they don't know what it looks like. They don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, last week in the Seminole Rec parking lot, they had piled a whole bunch of chopped ice in the parking lot and kids were sledding on it. Did they call it snow? I'm not really sure what they called it, but it was (laughs) just a melted puddle of water by Monday. A lot of fun for all those kids. Oh, just cool. And I'm just so, I don't know, I'm just so excited that someday... Maybe we'll get to go back up north for Christmas and be able to experience the snow, the cold, ice skating, all those really cool things. Hey, today, Martha and I really wanted to share with you something that was on our heart. We got to share this twice last week with a group of moms, and really, it's something that everybody needs to think about. And we're really talking about what are the things you need to do in your life to create a stress-free marriage, but really, it's all about God's priority for your lives. 
Matthew, uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Were you waving me trying to tell no, me to do something else? There was a gnat. We have bugs, Andrea, <laughs> in the studio today. There are bugs. And it's Andrea's fault. Andrea is the engineer of the show. Can't you just push a button to make them go away? Make the bugs go away today. It's because it's so stinking nice outside today. That's right. All right. So really, the when you're weary and you're burdened and you're stressed, that's not way, the way God intended for life to be. And that's not what Christ intended for following him to be. And so we want to open up the calls today. As you listen to our conversation, if you've got questions about the priorities that we lay out for you today, feel free to call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And our very unhealthy Andrea Colomber will answer your phone calls. We refuse to go in the engineering room today because the diseases were trying to get out the door. But she will greet you kindly, as she always does. She has an eternal smile on her face, and uh, we can have a conversation. But today we're talking about priorities. Martha, lay it out for us. All righty. Well, you know, as we know very well, Christmas is just nine days away. In fact, by this time, nine days from now, we'll have opened all of the presidents. I mean, the presents. The presidents. <laughs> That'd be nice if we could open all the presidents and find a new one. Oh, sorry. And a whole new Congress, by that way. Hey, maybe that's what's hey, under. This maybe. is not a political oh. show. Stop it. Can, oh, can we just open let's, a whole new Congress? That would be nice. Let's just. Okay, we're moving right along. Okay, grab so that. Grab nine, the reins. Take it back. Nine days from now, at this time of day, we will probably be in a coma. Food into, a induced. diabetic. Coma. Diabetic coma. No, I have not had a Mountain Dew today. There's been no Mountain Dew in my body. <laughs> but you might get one in your stocking for Christmas. Ooh, that would be nice. I'd like a case. Of cans. Of cans of Mountain Dew. I've been informed that cans are so, better because they have more food. Anybody in the listening audience really likes this show and you want to send me a Christmas gift, a case of Mountain Dew cans would be very appropriate. You're so funny. And if you want to give me the names of advertisers that want to participate in the I Work Rim show, that would also be very, very nice. All right. So you said Christmas is only nine days away. I can't believe it. That's right. And um, how's your stress level? Today, pretty good. You run a Christian bookstore. I do. Karis Christian Books and Gifts, in fact. We'll talk about that in just a little bit during yes. our book highlight segment. But I've spent the last six months getting ready for Christmas. So now it's... You know, having fun with the customers and getting to, you know, help them with their stress because it's kind of funny. A lot of people aren't ready. Um, I know for a fact I have bought zero Christmas presents. Yes, and nothing has been shipped out of the state either. <laughs> so in <laughs> so, case my daughter in Minnesota is listening. That's right. <laughs> but I but I will tell you that most people every year want to be less stressed at Christmas. Again, I stress, want to be less stressed. So when we were talking about things, we're like, okay, let's talk about how we can more purposefully be less stressed. And we talked about in our marriages, really the context today is really for everything. Because if you can implement it in your marriage, you can implement it in your personal life. I just, it's it's powerful. I was going to say the most disturbing thing I think about Christmas in your Christian bookstore is the fact that you ordered Christmas in March. At least. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. That silence was meant to be <laughs> deafening. That's right. That Martha power. celebrates Christmas all year long, and she, but I, for, she's not allowed to play Christmas music in our home until after Thanksgiving. 
and or decorate until after Thanksgiving because she's like Christmas all year round. She wants to sing. But it's nice because I control the environment in the store. Yes. So, so she can go hog wild crazy. And decorate way before Thanksgiving in the store because we need to be ready. But right. anyway, so let's talk about who's in our listening audience today. Well, well we got lots of people on our listening. We got single. We got we, we we can do this list, but we got to do the other side of that list too. Okay. All right. So we got moms. We got single moms, married moms, stay-at-home moms, working moms, retired moms, expecting moms, new moms, grandmoms, women from every walk of life. Yes. They desire similar things. That's right. We all want to be the best wife and mom that we can be, and be able to glorify God in the process. All right. So we also have in our audience. Single dads, married dads, stay-at-home dads, working dads, retired dads, expecting dads. Oh, no, probably not them. Kind of. Well, maybe they're Uh expecting. Hmm. Or maybe they should go on a diet. Okay. Uh, New dads, granddads, dads from every walk of life that desire the similar things. They want to be the best husband and father they can be and glorify God in what they do. But they all want to know, how in the world do we do this? That's a very good question. Well, you'll have to wait till we come back from our break. Oh, no, we still have a couple minutes. <laughs> Just check. <laughs> All right. So the priorities, the way God lays them out for us. I mean, this is something that really we'll end up spending the whole day talking about this today, the priorities. And again, if you want to join in the conversation, Martha, what's that number again? It is 855-265-2929. That's right. Okay. So here's the way God laid it out for us. If we're trying to figure out our priorities and if you want to know why things feel out of whack, if your priorities aren't this then that's why they're out of whack. And usually they're upside down. Usually they're upside down. Th- that is true. Mm-hmm. All right. So number one priority in life. Ding, 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 ding. God. Number two priority in life. The number, t- the, I feel like I'm, what was the name of that game show? The game show, uh, Richard Dawkins. Oh yeah. Family, Family Feud. Family Feud. That's right. Number two. <laughs> the number two answer, number answer. <laughs> All right. So God's your number one priority. We're going to go into these things in detail. God is your number one priority. Everything else is less important than your relationship with your Heavenly Father. That's what you were designed to have. It is, in fact, the only relationship you get to take. It's the only thing that you invest in here on earth that you get to take with you to heaven. Obviously, you have relationships with other people, but your your relationship with the Heavenly Father starts here and continues on once you get to heaven. So, God, number one, if you're married, your spouse is your number one ministry, your number two priority. And we'll explain what that means later. If you've got a family, your family is your number three priority and your number one mission field to lead your Christ to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then number four, work and other ministry opportunities. Now, Martha, how many people do you know that have those things upside down? Um, I think we all struggle with that being the natural. No. And we've all been married. We've almost been married. We've known each other 32 years. It's unbelievable. You still look the same. You could still wear the same clothes you wore 32 years ago when we met. Yeah, but I I don't wear my hair quite the same. No. I don't have the whole wing thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were really cute. Uh, but for the uh, 80s I was. Maybe. For the you were you were <laughs> yes, you were. Okay. So, anyway. but but I, we have suffered, we have struggled with this off and on in our marriage really the entire time. Yep. Just with work cuz we both love to work. We do. And we love to contribute. And a lot of times we just get that out of balance between, you know, what is the right amount of time to spend on something and the right emphasis um, versus our relationship with our Heavenly Father and each other and our kids and family. And yeah, we've work. often let ministry get in, in the way of our marriage. We've often let work get in the way. What's the funny look for? 
See, people can't see your looks. They that's, just don't know. That's probably You're, good. There really are bugs in here today. <laughs> All right. So I'm dreaming of a stress-free marriage, but really, I'm dreaming of a stress-free life, a margin-filled life, a, a an unburdened life, and we get that by keeping our priorities straight. That could be all of the different verses of the song. Margin-free life and stress-free Why life. don't you sing one of those verses, <laughs> baby? sing a verse. <laughs> You're gutsier than I am. Okay, so in order for us to have God as a number one priority in our lives, we need to recognize a couple of things. And, and, and really, number one is that there's a lot of people out there listening today that have been, that have tried to fill, the, everybody's born with this emptiness in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're, they're born with you know, the, the absence of a relationship with their Heavenly Father. So we try to fill that so, space. What, and people fill it with all kinds of things. They fill it with jobs, mm-hmm. thinking that the, uh, if this job, it, when I get to the next job, it'll be even better. If, or if I get this house, it's going to make me totally satisfied. And then they realize, oh, maybe I like my neighbor's house. I'd like to have that one. Or a bigger car. Or maybe relationships. Ah, uh, you know, this one's not working out so good. How about I'll marry somebody else? That'll be better. That'll make me fulfilled. So they chase money. Maybe it's money. Money. Mm-hmm. Because how much is enough? Just a little bit more. That's right. It's never satisfying. And so people try to fill this emptiness with with stuff, and it leaves them on their deathbed wondering, ah, what was life really all about? Mm-hmm. And so we've got the answer. We've got the answer to what is the meaning of life. The meaning of life is you are to discover that your Heavenly Father's been reaching out to you your entire life. He created an em- There's an emptiness in you that was created by our rebellion against Him, but He gives us an answer. He gave us Christ to fill that emptiness and make that relationship. Let me just draw a picture for you. You know, because of the sin in the garden, we're born in this emptiness without a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And so we're separated by this great chasm. And it doesn't matter how far you run or how fast you run, you can't jump across this chasm. There's no more, all the good stuff you can do, nothing will, will repair that relationship with the Heavenly Father. That's right. It's like you can't build the bridge on your own. You can't build, it's good, a bridge. You can't build it on your own. But, Put Jesus on the cross, and that cross spans that great chasm, and Jesus, his death on the cross, and then his subsequent rising from the dead made it possible for us to have a relationship with Jesus, with our Heavenly Father, made possible by Christ, what he did on the cross. Mm-hmm. So that allows us to have God as our number one priority, because everything flows out of the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. I was looking for more, a little more color than that. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I wish that you had a whiteboard here and everybody could see it so they could make sure that... I could start drawing on the walls. It'd be kind of fun. But they wouldn't see it. So, But it, it, it's, it's a great word picture of Jesus Christ being the bridge across... We talked before about the Grand Canyon. Nobody has been able to get across the Grand Canyon on their own, not even evil Knievel. Right. He totally... <laughs> the Snake River Canyon was a small little canyon. He totally blew that deal. You, know, you can't get across... Uh, I, I know that uh, the Walenda guy, he walked across it, but that was the short part. It wasn't the real big part. Uh, but anyway, he had a wire anyway. And he had a wire, mm-hmm. right? He didn't jump and he had a balancing <laughs> thing, whatever. Okay. But the, but the real key is, is that the sin in our lives, and this is, the, people need to recognize this. The sin in our lives keeps us from having that cool relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, and by keeping God, you know, I heard a guy named Buck Jacobs, who's a great workplace ministry guy, said, listen, each day is only a 23 hour day. The first hour of the day is the Lord's. Hmm. And if we start every day 
with God as the as the first hour with our Lord, whether we're doing it in Bible reading, prayer, journal writing, that if we start that day, everything else will flow much better. But those days that we get up fast, which Martha, I'm guilty of, you jump out of bed like an energizer bunny. What can I say? That's how God wired me. <laughs> I'm ready to go. You are ready to Once go. Once I wake up, why waste any time laying in bed? Well, get up and get going. So why waste any time being quiet and spending time with our Heavenly Father? I wasn't saying that that's a waste of time. <laughs> you just, uh, those are your words. All right, but the whole the whole point of it is that we need to stop and make the relationship a priority. I mean, and, and, and when we do that, the other things start to flow more naturally. Mm-hmm. But we have to come to that, that, that realization that we need God. That's right. And there's nobody on their deathbed that's ever going to say, boy, I wish I'd worked more time. I wish I worked more hours. Spend less time with my family. No, they're not going to say that. In fact, we heard somebody say probably about a month ago that said, the last week of your life isn't the time to start figuring out your priorities. And I thought that was really powerful. Ooh, you should have written that down. That was pretty I, good. I think I did somewhere. <laughs> it's in my notes somewhere. But but I thought that was really amazing because that, you know, a lot of times when you're at a, a pivotal point is when you start looking in retrospect or whatever. And um, that's not the time to figure out that your priorities might have been all messed up. No, and if it's the last week of your life and you actually know that, Mm -hmm. it's too late to fix all the mistakes you've made except for the one mistake in making God your priority. You still have an opportunity right up until your last moment Mm -hmm. to make that decision to make God your, to to accept what Christ did on the cross on your behalf. So that is still possible, but you don't get a chance to, you know, take a a really cool relationship with your Heavenly Father in heaven with you. You got to get to know him when you get there. All right, so once God is your number one priority, what comes next, Martha? Your spouse. Tell me about that. What does that mean to you? Well, it means that um, one of the things that confuses a lot of people is especially when they have children, they think that the kids are the next priority, that the whole world revolves around the kids. But in actuality, I loved how somebody said it. They said, first you have your spouse and then you have kids and then you have your spouse again you know because your kids at some point are going to in in the in the in a perfect world or whatever you want to say you know they're going to get to the point where they're um, responsible adults and on their own and then you don't want to be married to a stranger you don't want somebody that you haven't been doing life with the whole reason you get married is for doing life together yeah because you're marrying your best friend you're marrying some of you that the very breath of air that enters your lungs is not fulfilled unless you are by that person's side. <laughs> that was just awesome. <laughs> Sorry. That was, you know, you were just trying to be so romantic. There. That is how I felt about I you. I couldn't imagine living the rest of my life without being by your side. So why is it then that so many people get married and they get busy and they forget that? They forget it. It doesn't. Well, because they longer. get their priorities out of whack. That's and right. the kids, I mean, kids are a lot of work. I mean, I, I remember, <laughs> and it was affected you more than me, but when we had Joshua and then 20 months later we had Sarah, it was, life was overwhelming. And we started a business in that period of time, just because we mm-hmm. should. You know, you might as well. Sure, why not? And we were youth sponsors, and we were, I mean, it was it was an overwhelming time, and it was very easy to let the kids, that life revolve around the kids. That's right, and their needs and everything. So, so really, this whole point of the spouse being the priority is the way that God designed it, and um, just remembering in the midst of everything that's going on in life that this is the 
partner that God gave you to do life together. Well, and, and the reason we say that your your spouse is your number one ministry, but your number two priority is because we're assuming you're marrying a spouse that also knows Jesus. If you have not, or if you've come to Christ after you've been married, then your spouse may become your number one mission field. But if you're married to a Christ follower, then your spouse is your number one ministry. That is where you're supposed, you're supposed to minister to your spouse and that ministry is way more important than ministry outside of the home. Yeah, and that's hard for a lot of people to justify because we think we're supposed to be serving in uh, a food line somewhere. We're supposed to be serving and, and taking the offering at church or whatever it might be. But our first priority in ministry needs to be to the spouse that God has given us. Well, and here's something that's going to rock people's worlds. God is not impressed with all the really cool stuff that you think you do. He only really wants you. Mm-hmm. But he equips us to serve. Right. And, and he wants us to, to serve. serve. Absolutely. But it's not about how many jewels in our crown or how many committees that we're on or how many whatever. You, know. well, you might have said that backwards because okay. all the committees that you're on, they don't earn you a lot of jewels in your crown because I've been on some committees. There, well, but, and, but those committees need people. <laughs> they do. But it doesn't mean that you need to Other sit on people. every one of them. No. But there is a place for everyone to serve. There's a powerful word you need to learn if you want to keep your spouse as your number two priority and your number one ministry. And that word is no. no. That's right. <laughs> All right. So more on that word no when we come back after the top of the hour. But okay, so let's just review. So your number one priority is your Heavenly Father, your relationship with the Heavenly Father. If you don't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father and you're going, Jim, what is it you're talking about? This Jesus thing, I haven't been able to figure it out and church freaks me out. No problem. I agree. A lot of churches do freak you out. Just email Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. And that's IWork, the number four, him.com. Email us and we'll talk to you about it. We'll, we'll contact you. We'll talk to you about what does it really mean to have a relationship with Christ. This is not about religion. I absolutely reject religion as it's known today because it is not what draws people close to Christ for the most part. But... A relationship with the Heavenly Father. That's what we're talking about. So, number one relationship, number one priority is relationship with the Heavenly Father. Number two priority and number one ministry is to your spouse. Is to your spouse. Powerful. But number three, your family, if you've got one. Number four, your work and other ministry. Now, if you're single, all you have is your number one priority, which is God. And then everything else. That's why Paul said, I wish everybody could be like me without any encumbrances so you'd be free to do the work that you've been called to do. But most people can't control themselves in order to not be married. Well, right. The world does need to perpetuate. Yes, the world does need to. Well, I don't know. In its current state, I'm not sure that's a great idea. But really, we're talking about incorporating God's perspective, God's priorities on our lives, which will reduce our stress, our burdens, the yoke of trouble. It's not just a stress-free marriage. It can be just a stress-free life. That's right. I think it's stress-free in general. We just kind of were relating it to marriage because we wanted to make sure we included the aspect of spouse and children. And I really like singing, I'm dreaming of a stress-free marriage. It just might catch. It just might go viral. Who knows? <laughs> I'm thinking it doesn't go viral. Hey, but before we get back to our conversation about priorities, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by... Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for almost... 
30 years. When will the 30-year anniversary be, honey? March, the month of March. March of 2015, which is right stinking around the corner. 30. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Elmerton Road in Largo, their 2400 square foot store is open to the public. Seven days a week. It's easy for me to say. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S. Dot com. Be the first person to call on our studio line today at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and we will give you a copy of the book that we highlight today, Compliments of My Wife Martha and my staff at Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Stress, How to Cope at the End of Your Rope. That rhymes. It's so cute. I know. It's lovely. Yeah, we always talk about the fact that People often have to get to the end of the rope till they realize that God's been holding out his rope all along. That's right. We just forget to look for it a lot of times. That's right. So it was written by... June Hunt. You know, let me give you a short explanation. This practical and encouraging book by June Hunt shows how to spot and avoid the symptoms of stress, manage stress, and find refreshment through God's word. It includes a stress test, stress management techniques, practical tips on stress relief, and all kinds of recipes... On how to avoid stress by eating. No. That last part's not the way it works. How to drink a Mountain Dew to reduce your stress. (laughs) How to eat so much chocolate. Maybe that's who needs to sponsor the show. (laughs) Mountain Dew. (laughs) I'm not quite sure Pepsi Company and I work for him are really on the same page. All right, listen. Call into our studio line. If you'd like a copy of that book, we've got just one. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. Get this book, Stress, How to Cope at the End of Your Rope by June Hunt. And remember, you need to read this book because Hollywood ain't made in this movie. Hi, we're back live and in studio. Martha and I are talking about, I'm dreaming of a stress-free marriage. We were talking about priorities today. That's right. All right, so we determined in the first half of the show that our number one priority in life is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that without that, everything else is screwed up. Yes, because that's how He designed us. Right. He designed us to have relationship with Him and and for everything else to flow out of that relationship. Right. So number one priority, our relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is spent in time in prayer with Him and journaling with Him and reading His scriptures, reading His 1,500-page manual that tells you exactly how to figure out life. That's right. And I, we didn't read Luke ten twenty seven. Well, please read it now then. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. But that's a... that's a. Imagine what the world would be like today mm. if everybody, from the President of the United States on down to the people building the roads in Largo, Florida, for the last 50 years, the same road. (laughs) Hey, love them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. That would change... That would change the world. Mm-hmm. I think but that's what can, Jesus we intended. We can each do that. We don't need to wait for that top dog to wait do that. for it. Oh. Wait. For, oh no, you're saying don't wait for it. No, I'm saying don't wait for it. It's your responsibility. This is for you. Love to love the Lord your God. Okay, so we said our number two priority and our number one ministry was our spouse. Mm-hmm. And some of the ways we didn't highlight the ways that you can make your spouse your number two priority. But we said your spouse is number two priority, and your kids or family is your number three priority because. 
you get you have your spouse first and then you have your kids and then you have your spouse and the result of a lot of marriage is um a lot of marriage issues is that people let the kids their whole family revolve around their children and then it is um that when their kids are gone there's no relationship left between husband and wife. That's right. And another key element of that is the fact that the kids then are not seeing you model making each other a priority. So they are not then seeing that that's what they should be doing in their future relationship as well. So here's some things you can do to keep your spouse a priority. Number two, pray together. One of the things that Martha and I committed to even in our dating relationship was to end every night in prayer. And the really cool part is recently Martha said, well, let's start our days in prayer, too. And remember, as we said earlier on the show, Martha jumps out of bed like she's got a a rocket on her feet. So we've got to get her to stop for a second and uh, just just say, "Okay, honey, let's pray before I go. Mm-hmm. Which is good because I, I I can also jump out of my out of bed and run, but if I don't take time in the morning for my relationship with my heavenly Father, I don't get time all day because I, I get thinking about lots of other things. So okay, so pray together. And and praying together is also very important because it brings you together because you have things in common that you're both that you're taking together to our heavenly Father and saying, Lord, you know, we we want your help with this, or we're trusting you with this, or um, we're worried about this, and we want. Um, to give it to you. So it's being on the same page spiritually as well. So, and then another thing that um, we have on the list is to do Bible study together. And um, now we've not successfully done that. Mm-hmm. We, we've gone to Bible studies and participated in Bible studies together. We've led Bible studies together. But yes. when we read our Bible, we read, read our Bible together separately. We do. And that's one of the reasons is because we read at different speeds. Yes, you would be waiting for me at the end of every page. <laughs> but we do we do read similar together. So for us that's what's been it that's been the good thing. As we mentor couples, one of the biggest priorities we've told or biggest things we tell people that the way to keep your marriage strong is to talk together. Schedule time to talk together. Yeah, and that seems like such a logical thing that you think, of course, we're going to talk. But so many people, including ourselves, get so busy that our talk becomes, okay, what appointments do you have today? What time are you going to be home? When should we have dinner? What do you want to have for dinner? Are we going to, um, what are we going to do this evening? How are we going to spend our time? Rather than, hey, these are some things going on in my life. This is something I thought about today. This is something I'm struggling with today. Um, those kinds of things. And and we're guilty. So we, we tell people to schedule this. Yes. Schedule this time. Yes. All right. So we also, talk, we also tell people that one of the most powerful things they can do for their marriage is go to bed together. That's right. So to have their schedules, if they can, if work provi- if work allows, to have their schedules be the same, they go to bed together, they get up together, that way they get to enjoy more life together. That's right. I it, think that's the key there is that they're actually doing life together, not separately. And as a husband and wife, it also facilitates other things more conveniently if you're in bed together. Uh, we also suggest that, uh, let's see, uh, deal with the big, big key here, don't keep score and forgive. Mm. Because... You got. We all got to stop judging other people because they sin differently than us. Mm-hmm. Because we all sin, and no, and God doesn't have a ranking system contrary to some religions in the world. All sin causes us to be separated from God. Whether you're a liar or a murderer, you're still a sinner. And God doesn't rank the liar any higher in His kingdom than the murderer. There, none of them are getting in. Jesus's blood paid for the liar's sin and the murderer's sin. 
So it really builds a gap between us when we start to keep score on each other. How many pe- yeah, and how many people, we've heard this so many times where when I do something wrong, then my wife brings up the last 10 years. And I think women just have an incredible memory, I think is what it is. But they bring up the last 10 years, and we can't do that. Yeah, it doesn't help the situation, especially if you've gone through the process of forgiving. Have you really forgiven, then let go of the scorekeeper. That's right. All right, there's a couple of ones we're going to bring up. But are, are that... I want to bring up that your family should be priority number three. Mm-hmm. And, and that means that your world should not uh, revolve around your children. It's nice for your kids to have activities, but you've got to learn to say yeah. no to activities. Your number one mission field is your children. Your number one priority in life is to teach those kids to know Jesus Christ and to experience him as their Lord and their Savior. And being involved in nonstop sports is not going to help that. Being nonstop busy in karate, taekwondo, and cheerleading is not going to help that. Proverbs eighteen twelve: Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Do you spend time at work with your staff or just with your peers? One of the most effective management tools you can buy is a comfortable pair of shoes. Then get out where the action is and talk to employees at every level of the company. Show genuine interest, listen to their concerns, and encourage feedback. If you associate only with other managers, you're missing a great opportunity to build your business. Million-dollar suggestions can come from the office, factory, warehouse, or loading dock. No position is too lowly to yield good ideas. If you take time each week to manage by wandering around, not only will employee morale improve, you will be surprised by the dividends it will return to your business. Proverbs 18.12, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. But humility goes before honor. <laughs> hey, congratulations to Jill Bugs of St. Petersburg for getting the book on stress. Jill, I hope that this book helps you relieve your life of stress. Unfortunately, the postman getting it to you, postman or woman getting it to you, will probably be stressed. So make sure you give him a hug when you get the book in the mail. <laughs> we'll get it out to you, well, probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. All right, so listen, we're, we were talking about priorities, and really we're talking about I'm dreaming of a stress-free marriage, but really as we look at it, it's really... How in the world would we get a stress-free life? And really, if you're married, you want to stay married. Because I know a lot of people going through divorces, it's the worst thing in the whole world. So how can you stay happily married? Here's the priorities that God laid up for you, right? That's right. God is your number one priority. Your spouse is your number number two priority and your number one ministry. Your children are your number one mission field, but they're your number three priority. And one of the things we've always talked to couples about is that you do have to limit kids' activities. If the kids' activities are going to destroy the continuity in your household, you have to decide, is that something that we as a family want to participate in? Because kids need more time with mom and dad. They don't need more time away from the house. Yeah, and I think um, this is an area that we had a little bit of coaching on early on in our um, family life, but I think that just wanting to encourage people to take a look at it before they get so involved in things that they feel bad, that they're having to say no and to cut back. But really looking at a year, this is a perfect time of year to do it and say, what is next year going to look like for us? What are we going to agree to? How many things are we going to be involved in? And really think about it rather than these quick, okay, let's do this. Okay, let's do that. And then you're so overwhelmed and you've brought it on yourself. You've said yes to so many good things, but are they the best for your family and for your life um, to to use your time? Right. So one of the things that we tell people is that the most powerful thing that both of our parents really executed in our households growing Mm -hmm. up 
was we had dinner together. Yeah. Dinner together is the secret missile to, and it's, that's not the right word. The missile is what you want to do to blow things up. <laughs> it's the secret sauce that makes your family powerful. Oh, that's good. Because at the dinner table, first of all, you if you cook dinner at home, that means you're going to eat more healthy than if you ate out on the run mm-hmm. to an activity. Less sodium. Less. For sure. Well, you know, salt is good, though. Because you really, did you know you need salt in order to think? Because your brain fires on NACL, just in case you're wondering. Yes. Okay. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So, so you, you'll eat healthier. Number two, you'll sit still and you'll talk. The One of the coolest things about the dinner table is that kids, that's an opportunity for your kids to talk and tell you what's on their hearts. Yep. It's a great time for them to get to relax as well and to let go of some of the stress that they've carried with their day and talk through maybe a test at school that they were frustrated with or um, something that happened with a friend. Um, it just allows for that platform to happen. So it is an incredibly valuable part of a family life. And sometimes you have to create conversation. We've got friends that, that say that they have their kids share their highlight of the day. Yep. Highs and lows. Highs and lows. A lot of people do that. And it just is a good place to start. So the kids, you know, don't get stuck in the middle talking about maybe we don't want to go gossip, but let's talk about what was the best part of my day? What was the hardest part of my day? And and then that gives you an opportunity to say, well, maybe how could you have handled it differently or um, bringing it to a point of prayer and praying about it together as a family. Again, you're modeling what you then want for your family for their future. Right. And then that's the whole, that's so, I'm glad you said that we're modeling because that's really what this is all about. God's priorities, your children, if you've got children, your children are watching you and all of you that are listening have been children. <laughs> and you watched what your parents did and you either said, yes, that's what I want to be like, or absolutely, I don't want to end up like my father, or I don't want to end up like my mother. And then you end up doing it just in case you're wondering. But we're modeling. That's the good point, because you saw it modeled, and that's what you followed. Right. So we we need to show them, first of all, that marriage is fun, it's awesome, it's worth investing in, and that my spouse is a priority more important than the children. Yep. And we we talk about that also causing security in the kids, too. Right. If they know that you are my priority and I am your priority, then there's security in that. They know where they stand and they know that our family is united, even even through difficult discussions, which our kids have heard us have hard discussions. But um, they know that we have a united front. Well, and, and we heard it on a show just recently that the number one thing kids today are worried about is divorce. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be the next statistic of divorce. They don't want it. Having family dinners is a great way to, it's a great divorce preventer because everybody's sitting down, everybody's talking, everybody's sharing. Hey, and as your kids get older, it becomes a, we need an echo on this one. Do you have an echo? Oh, okay. We have to do it. A no cell phone zone. No, no. Okay. <laughs> you you tell, tell the kids, put the stupid cell phones away. We put our stupid cell phones away, and you don't let it interrupt the, the conversation. Yep. And and we don't rush the dinner either. I mean, that's something else. Which that is something learned. you really had to work on. I have. But you know what? It's been great. And then everybody helps clean up, and you're done lickety split when you really do decide you're ready to be done away from the table. And again, these are not... They're, they're just tools. They're just ideas. They're just examples for people to say, you know what? I want to try and institute this in my family. And maybe it's a couple nights a week. Maybe, you know, a lot of people... Well, as our kids got older, that's the choice we had to make. We did, especially when they were taking night college classes and things like that. Okay, what night can we all have dinner and then stick to that? And it just was, it's just precious. It's just that valuable time to get to connect 
with nothing else distracting us. So we just highly encourage it and uh, and see the results that can come from it. All right. So you got God as your number one priority. Your spouse, if you're married, as your number two priority, but your number one ministry. Your children as your number three priority, but your number one mission field. It is your goal to share your faith with them and have them experience a powerful relationship getting impacted by Jesus Christ. And we're, we're telling you, your kids, nothing else you do is more important than raising your kids to know Jesus Christ. None of the ministry matters. None of the work matters. They would rather live in a dirt hut and have mom and dad married than to have everything that they want and have mom and dad divorced. The worst thing you can ever do for your children, give them everything they want. <laughs> Love their mom. Love their dad. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's, right that's, what our, that's what's going wrong with our society today. Yep. That's how God created family, to stay together. And, to, and again, to be that example, to build each other up. To um, And by doing these priorities, I was just thinking about this, and maybe I've already said it, but that if God is your number one priority, your kids are going to see that. And then they're going to see the importance of that. I mean, I grew up in a home where every morning when I got up, my dad was in his recliner reading his Bible. I knew that that was how he started his day. And I heard an interesting thing, kind of a little sidebar. Um, A lot of people read their Bible on their iPad and Somebody made an interesting comment. The kids can't tell whether Ooh, mom yeah. or dad are playing Candy Crush or reading their Bible. And I thought that was really powerful because you want to be clear in your example. And so to be able to you know, see us reading the scripture versus seeing it on an iPad where they can't tell. It's like when somebody's texting or looking at the Bible on their phone at church. But the other part about that is if you're reading your Bible on your iPad... The iPad will die. One of the most powerful things that a lot of my friends who have had fathers who are Christ followers, the gift that they get at the funeral of their father or their mother mm-hmm. is their Bible the with all of their in. notes yeah. that talks about what they're thinking. Yeah. That's powerful. That is. Don't mess it up. Throw the iPad aside. <laughs> start writing in your Bible. All right. So we talked about God, your priority. Number one, your spouse, number two, your family, number three, and work. We talk about work all the time. Work's number four. Ministry's number four. Anything other than God, your spouse, and your children, they're not as important. We talk about work each and every day. We thought we'd go through, as we're heading into Christmas time, getting our priorities straight. Any last comments, Martha? Um, oh, we're out of time. Sorry. I'm just kidding. Oh, I want to read this verse. Proverbs 4.26. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. And what that speaks to me is that really think through the decisions you want to make as a family, as a spouse, as a as a husband or wife, and as a coworker or an employee, and then stick to it. Be steadfast. Let's read that so, verse one more time. Be careful. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Think through this. Take some time to think through it. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.